Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi there, and welcome to Comedy Album Book Club the podcast where a panel of comedians and comedy fans discuss a comedy album in front of a live audience. I'm your host, Jason DeLine, an actor, director, and comedy dabbler who wanted to start a comedy album book club without books. My featured guest this month is Jules Osen, a friend of mine for about 10 years. Jules has a lot of sketch comedy experience under his belt, as well as some improv and stand-up, and these days runs a natural food store with his wife. Jules chose the album An Evening with Mike Nichols and Elaine May. Nichols and May is a comedy duo that influenced many comedians, from Steve Martin to Lily Tomlin. Tonight's album is their second of three and was recorded live at their Broadway show in October of 1960. Mike Nichols was 29 at the time, Elaine May was 28. The album is just under 40 minutes and there are only four tracks, Telephone, Adultery, Disc Jockey, and Mother and Son. Nichols and May met in the early 50s at the University of Chicago and were members of a troupe called the Compass Players. Once this troupe disbanded, some of the members went on to form the Second City. Elaine May went on to become an actress and screenwriter, credited with writing Bill Murray's scenes in the film Tootsie and the screenplay for Heaven Can Wait, for which she was nominated for an Oscar. Mike Nichols became a prolific theater director, winning many Tonys, and then went on to direct a string of classic movies such as Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and The Graduate, which received seven Oscar noms and won Nichols' Best Director. Years later, the duo teamed up for The Birdcage in 1996 with Robin Williams, which May wrote and Nichols directed. They teamed up again to write and direct Primary Colors in 1998. Mike Nichols died in 2014 at the age of 83 from a heart attack. Elaine May is 85 and most recently starred in Woody Allen's TV series, Crisis in Six Scenes. Also on this month's podcast panel are budding comedian Olivia Stadler, who's been hitting the open mics hard for about three months. And we also have comedy, pop culture nerd, video game blogger, and longtime friend of mine, Matt Ardill. This is Comedy Album Book Club. So that kind of thing we were just listening to, everyone uh-huh. who's listening, I'm 23, so this, I, I have no idea what's going right. on. A lot of um, references in there that you... A lot of references, yeah. I just confused. Sure. Um, <laughs> so was this kind of thing on the radio yes. back when you were a kid? Yeah. Interesting. What cha- what station? Uh, Chum. So, no fucking... Yeah, at, oh, at, sorry, like, I'm swearing. No, good, right, you I already you, you, Olivia. Yeah, it'd be like Dr. Demento at a, like 10.30? No, no, uh, Sunday Funnies, I think, 
uh, start at ten. So okay, ten. It's like so a seven o'clock. Seven, yeah. Start. So like a, yeah, yeah. I just, I'd go to. Sl- I'd fall asleep to it. So I'd what play. day of the week is this? Uh, it was Sunday. Sunday. It was Sunday. Every Sunday they so would play a few uh, comedy. On Chum FM. Yeah, Chum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. so, it was like from eleven or yeah, yeah. until yeah. like midnight. Wow. I pass out to comedy. That's and so And you'd great. wake up listening to Theater of the Mind, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep, there you go. Exactly. Oh, wow. We, we had the wow. same time. Wow, that's yeah. great. <laughs> you got, so where, where were you listening to this? You were listening to this in, well, we went to high school in Cambridge. Yeah, when, yeah you, were, like you were getting Chum FM. Yeah. There, okay. Yeah, I missed out on that. That's pretty awesome. It's great. They're yeah. playing this yeah, classic yeah. thing. Does that still exist at all? Like, No. I don't less think less so. Less and less. Because Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, it's got every podcast, right? Netflix thing. killed the radio stars. Do you guys know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's how that goes, right? Netflix. Yeah. Also, them. podcasts killed the radio Sunday funnies. Uh, we're gonna that's cut how that. that. We're gonna cut that goes. out. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> cut that part. Out. We're gonna lose that for time. Uh, uh, really? yeah. That's gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> it's very, I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway. Podcasts killed the Sunday. Funnies. All right, don't say it again. Don't say it again. Uh, so, Jules. Yep. Um, there are okay, so you corrected me. There, I said there were four albums, uh, which is technically true. There are three, Te- technically, three yeah, albums yeah. and then a compilation. A compilation album. album yeah. So this is their second of the original three. Yeah. yeah. So why did you pick this one? You, you know, when you listen to it, you listen to the uh, the language, right? Like the, how incisive it is, and you know, like that. Uh, I wrote that line down. Um, inadvertently collected my last dime. I mean, that is an amazing sentence, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at how, when it was was on stage, 1960, I believe is what it, they won a Grammy for that. Who was doing a two-handed sketch comedy on Broadway? Mm-hmm. Like that, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen anymore. It has to be. This no. was just a very uh, spare stage. The 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 mother and son one was just two people pretending to be on the phone together. But the language just carried it all through, and that's what it's was like. So it's exciting. like a step up from vaudeville, and a little later. Oh than yeah, that. yeah, it, yeah. It's yeah. almost a surprise this happened at all, even when it did. Agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then when you hear the piano in the background, you can definitely hear that influence of you know where Second City is coming up through that, right, with the compass True. players and the True, yeah. you know, it's like those interstitials carrying it through. But um, and you know, and the minutia of it too, that that whole thing about losing the dime and how it went from character to character to character. You can see that that would influence even Seinfeld and looking at, you know, that, wow, yeah. that storied show Something about out of nothing. nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, the show was never about nothing. That was always the big thing. It was about the, the minutiae of life, mm-hmm. which is kind of like nothing. Right? Which are the biggest things to us. Exactly. Right? The, the yeah, we take it's like the, the, biggest. the perfect balance of specificity and accessibility. The language, they, they, they're really masterful in their use of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then a lot of it was, uh, was, improv born too and they improvised within the show the live show they were improvising their way through a lot of those sketches so uh and you were saying uh, jay in your in your opening that you know mike nichols his, his story directing career and elaine may it's actually funny to me that elaine may didn't go on and do more acting because it's amazing voice actress right oh, right man. and so and those three characters were so distinct so within distinct. that short space of time right so you'd think that maybe it was her choice but I was surprised that... I mean, it seemed they, obvious that the first two were the same person. Well, yeah. But so the third uh, yeah, one was quite a departure. Yeah, but then yeah. further on, like, she was much... I mean, the French accent was pretty questionable. <laughs> and, <laughs> but they, they did give a warning to that they at did. the time. Yeah, they did. But yeah, quite the variety. Yeah. I'm yeah. You guys are professional voice actors, right? So that's coming from you guys. Yeah, what, we, yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah, we yeah. noticed yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but all suppose, yeah, that yeah. French accent was pretty rough. So this was your first time hearing this, right, yeah. uh, Olivia? And I'm assuming the first time you hearing something this old, yeah, comedy-wise. So as a comedian who's 
uh, fairly young and new to it and doing comedy now in 2017. What's it like? What was, how did it feel for you to hear this? Did you find it funny? Did you hear anything familiar? Uh, what was the impact it had on you? What was your reaction? Um, it feels a lot like sketch comedy, mm-hmm. and I, that is what it is, right? Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, it's it's it's. I don't. I was saying to uh, Jules before. Uh, it's not quite a duo. It's not like uh, Burns and Allen where they're just talking. Yeah, and playing yeah they're, they're playing characters yeah. and creating scenes. So I would. I think you're. Yeah, you're right. It's sketch comedy. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like they all kind of have the same formula where there's like a big reveal at the end of like. Mm what it's actually about, like the mother wanting it, her son to be miserable ultimately at the end of that last one. And then um, with like, oh, we already rented the room in mm-hmm. the adultery scene, the first one. And like that is the part that I found funny. And what's interesting, like the difference in from this to stand-up, what I'm seeing is like you kind of like cut to that a little bit quicker. But in sketch, like it's all about building that... Um, building that momentum so that the release and like the laugh at the end is bigger. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like you get to that a little bit quicker in stand up. So it was interesting, like watching that build and like appreciating more of the punches in between. Um, yeah. I found a lot of the lines really funny. I just like jotted down a few that, yeah, were really great. Um, I like, like, I don't want my mouth to be followed when my son calls me, and, like, it's a mother's dream for, uh... Wait, what was it? When you have kids, I only pray that they make you suffer the way that you made me. That was amazing. And what I found so so interesting about that was that whole sketch to me... I mean, maybe we'll go through and, and dive in a little bit more into each individual sketch, but that one I found... it's It seems like a cliche now. Like, it seems like... It's such a, a trope, such a well-known character, this yeah, oppressive the, mother who's yeah. aggressive and passive-aggressive, uh, giving you so much guilt. But I feel like then, this is 1960. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is fresh yeah. stuff, you know, and probably relatable, yeah. but uh, probably new as well that people were willing to talk about it out loud in front of a crowd. And I, I find that very interesting. And it's hard to kind of undo what we've already heard since then. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying to you. Like, that's the thing. You want to kind of look at it and judge it in the context of what else was going on mm. at exactly. the time. Exactly, and I, I understand stage that. Stage and comedy and that kind of thing. And I think maybe only Woody Allen. Uh, in fact, the, there's an interesting tidbit. It was the same booker who booked Woody Allen who picked up these guys and started mm. booking oh. them because he, I guess, he saw that same similarity in use of language right, uh, yeah. that, that Woody Allen has. Um, but yeah, I mean... I listened to this uh, when we agreed we were going to do this album. I listened to this, and, and I w- it was really dated and really stale. Sure. And I was like, "Oh wait, are we? Is this worth doing?" And then I <laughs> listened to it again and again and again, and I realized that it's almost it's it's the root of a tree, right? It's the root of a comedy tree mm. because, like you said, you put it in that that 1960s um, area and realize how far ahead of its time it was. Yeah. You yeah. can definitely hear like Lily Tomlin, you know, one ringy dingy, two ringy. Oh, oh yeah. You can yeah. definitely her, hear Steve her entire Martin, switchboard like, character. The entire Steve Martin, you can hear that sort of that sort of anti hero kind of and the dryness yeah. of it too. The dry, yeah, the, the very dr- yeah. straight delivery. Yeah. yeah, dry but goofy. Yeah. 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 
yeah, Martin made a career out of that. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah I, and I, when I was listening to this, and I, and I had read before that Lily Tomlin was inspired by some of this stuff, and I thought, well, she totally just ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that yeah. was like, pretty almost hack. In that yeah. Totally yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't even bother to think back before yeah. Lily Tomlin. You think she's like one of the pioneers and stuff, but it's amazing to go back this far and see people doing you know comedy this 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 style yeah and i think we'll we'll touch on i think there'll be a point where you do the bob newhart the button down mind of, of bob newhart mm-hmm. it's a great album mm-hmm. and his whole shtick was uh having conversations on the phone with people yeah yeah which yeah. is what a lot of these guys these two did was having conversations yeah. on the phone with people and and newhart does a lot of the stuff where uh he sets it up and says and i believe it would sound a little something yeah like yeah, this. yeah yeah and that has become such a hack yeah. cliche thing for a comedian yeah, to say absolutely. and so listening to him you have to go well wait he might have been the first person <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, say yeah, that yeah so you, you know you got to yeah, give him yeah, credit for that absolutely. it's interesting it's interesting yeah. and it's impossible for any of us on this stage to to go back to that and know what it was like right. but uh, like but it's fresh fun ears, to, fresh eyes kind yeah of exactly thing. Yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy like what you were saying about the this being the roots and like appreciating it within its context is like so important because as comedy nerds we can all totally appreciate this but if we made someone who has no interest in comedy who could alternatively be listening to like the new Louis C.K. special listen to this they would be like this is trash because they can't (laughs) appreciate what it's worth like if we're gonna be like honest I don't find this funny in this day and age like I found certain lines funny but it's like I'm not gonna pretend like black and white television is more entertaining than, like, color television. Or, like, I'd rather use dial-up internet than, like, <laughs> modern-day internet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's let's be honest with ourselves, okay? That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that's, old. That's, that's so yeah, true. Interesting perspective, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 as a comedy nerd, I can definitely appreciate it. I'm just, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, like, check this out, guys. Like, my friends who don't give a shit about comedy because it's not the kind of thing that's going to turn them on to comedy. Right. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was interesting what you said before, <laughs> Jules, was uh, about the language. And I feel that uh, comedians often speak the language of their time. And if you listen to something like Louis C.K. now, who is, you know, one of the most popular comedians on the planet, he has a very effortless, casual style. And I feel like he talks... He doesn't talk down to people, but I feel like he wa- he he wants to. I mean, he's a multimillionaire, but he wants to sound like a blue collar guy, like an everyman, an yeah. everyman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's his audience. He knows that, yeah. and he crafts his uh, comedy to appeal to that. He's he's not a dummy, but I feel that in the '60s. It, it was, was more of a performance thing. Like there was but less not of the just performance. The it wall. was it was a it was a virtue to be intelligent, mm-hmm. yeah. and you didn't have to be on the same level as your audience. It was okay to be smarter than them. Yeah. Larry the Cable Guy would have not flown in nineteen sixty. <laughs> no, no, nobody nobody wants to go and dress up and go to the theater and pay to see someone who's dumber than them. I mean, sure there were clowns and things like that, and there yeah. were different types. Yeah. of Yeah. Now everyone yeah. has an ego problem, so there's all these machismos in the audience <laughs> that are like, "You're not funny, or you're not." smarter than me and like they want the person on the stage to be like I'm a bag of shit like they don't you right know? yeah the self de- this is before self-deprecation yeah. Uh, oh, yeah and 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 just and bathroom humor really I mean you, this was clever wordplay and, and oh yeah uh, every word was well rehearsed and and it was respected back then in a different way I think. well yeah I mean the fact that it was on Broadway 
the fact well, that we yeah. were listening to this as a yeah. Broadway yeah. album. People were in Texas listening yeah, to this. Yeah, they won a Grammy. Wait, I mean, did they yeah. do this like in costumes on a stage too? Or was this... Well, no, I mean... That's a good question. I, I don't know. Photos show, you know, like shirts, ties. Like, again, yeah. very much Second City, like pared down. Right, right. Yeah, 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 cool. More about the situations and language within the situations yeah. than, than the visual. It audio. was almost recorded for audio. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. it, it works just as well. Not seeing anything there, there are no. You never get the sense that you're missing a sight gag, you know. And yeah. I hear, I hear comedy albums now where I, I feel that, you know, you hear a comedy a comedian say something like, "You ever see someone walk into a room like this?" And then you hear the crowd go nuts, and you're just thinking, well. This was wasted on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why is Thanks wh- for putting that on the no, track. No, I don't yeah, know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> why are comedy albums still a part of like the Grammys as being evaluated? Like why why aren't like specials evaluated like in the Emmys or like the Oscars well, or something? It, Emmys it's um it's musicals and comedy oh. cabaret kind of. So it's like they Is go, that a new category? No, it's been around for a while, but that's like Colbert lost to a and like several years ago, like I can't remember, but like Bing they're not Crosby the same thing like though. That. That's weird. Like, Someone, no. please get on your on your uh, iPhone and Google. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we can Someone get their dial up out. We we have no, no information. Callback. I don't even know how to look that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, like so. There, there, that's what we there call are, a callback in stand up comedy. There you go. Yeah, there that's not a callback. But anyway, it's like a, it's, it's compare. It's it's like a toss away, it's, yeah, which it yeah. really yeah. it should get more respect than it does. Well, I suppose, and to answer your question, Olivia. Comedy has never, and I still think this is the way, the general public does not respect, or even the awards givers don't respect comedy as being something that actually takes the skill that it takes to wrench your guts out and pretend that your your son just died and you fall down in the grave. Well, all the best comedy seems effortless. Exactly. So people assume there was no effort put in. That's why everybody thinks they can be a stand-up. Exactly. Right. Every yeah. time you tell someone I do comedy, they're like, "Oh, I could do that." It's yeah. Just like, okay, yeah. fucking do it. <laughs> come on, come on down with me tonight. Get yeah. out there. Yeah. And we'll see if you can do it. And even look at the fact that it's it's a lot easier for a comedian to cross over into drama than it is to go the other way. That's true. Because mm-hmm. they already are so that comedy is so invested in drama. Like good comedy is, has to come from tragedy. It has to come from right? something that's real. Yeah. Right. And the, and timing is such a, a factor. Oh well, that's that. thanks for bringing that. Elaine May's timing is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, like uh, lines that may not have been that funny. The way that she comes in at the right. Yeah, time. that's actually true. But one more thing before we go back to yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. talking about um, like the acting and like the drama and the realness in comedy and like how we miss or a lot of people misunderstand it as just so candid and easy and whatever. Yeah, yeah. As a result of that, I feel like a lot of the time people don't understand that comedians are doing characters, which is why I feel like so many comedians get into trouble. They're like, Amy Schumer's racist, or this or that, or this. It's just like, no, they're doing a character on stage, and they're play- all of their jokes play into that character because that's what works for them. And I feel like a lot of people misunderstand that because, again, they misunderstand the whole idea or the whole notion of comedy being... I suppose a good prime example of that would be like Andrew Dice Clay, right? I like don't know the, who that is. You don't know who Andrew Dice... Okay. <laughs> Now that is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> he actually has a show. He peaked before she was born. No, but he has fair. a show. He has a show again, apparently. He's, Am I going to uh, be reinvited on this podcast? <laughs> Probably not. It, it's a fun perspective. I love it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, uh, um, but Andrew Dice Clay was uh, this, uh, what was the, you said someone said have machismo. You, have, you right? seen, uh, have you seen Pretty in Pink? No. Well, that, yeah, that was his, uh, he's okay. doing that whole, he does a lot of business it's, it's, in that. It's the Dice Man. The Dice, dice Man himself, yeah. 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 Um, 
Anyway, yeah, there's nowhere to go from that. No. <laughs> not, not everyone has seen Pretty in Pink. Back to what you're saying, Julius. Just <laughs> saying. For those who have, you know what we're talking about. For those who haven't, don't worry about he it. He created to... this really bombastic uh, macho character. Yeah, oh, wait. Yeah, he's almost yeah. like Tony Danza well, yeah, if but, he was a greaser. Uh, right, but also so offensive. Like, so oh, yeah, yeah, offensive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was selling out Madison Square the, the way CK does. Like, yeah. he was doing He was doing, nur- he was doing at, at dirty Madison's... nursery rhymes. Yeah, that was a big part. He was selling out Madison Square Garden yeah. three nights Hickory in a row. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. what rhymes with dog. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. smock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of smock <laughs> a lot material. Of, yeah. A lot of, lot of yeah. artist smock jokes. Yeah, he was yeah. an artist. He was. Uh, so much misinformation <laughs> on this podcast. This uh, is so PG. <laughs> Well, we're all having a good time. But yeah, I feel like I feel like that was a real moment in time. Like he's not going to be remembered. I mean, he might be remembered in, for not great reasons, but he's on nobody's top two hundred list of funny comedians, right? I yeah, absolutely. You know, it was it's kind of a hack thing that he did. I mean, I mean, we're, we're really becoming just real <laughs> snobs about this, aren't we? Well, um, this is but, but this was, is what comedy geeks do. Right? I guess they so. But and, he was uh, he created this character. And I feel like he became that person. Yeah, well, yeah. There's definitely, yeah. There's like, or maybe there's like he always Kinnison. was. It was like Kinnison, where the character yeah. bled into the real life. He couldn't life. help it, because that's what yeah. everybody wanted from him anyway. Yeah. And, he, and I remember a few years ago, he was on CNN, and they said, so, uh, so Dice, we hear you're back. And he's like, he got really angry. What do you mean? I didn't go anywhere. And he took off his mic and threw it down, and he dropped some F-bombs on CNN and then yeah, walked away. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, and, and then that comeback was instantly over. His publicist called him and said, great work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> HBO just called. His publicist was his dad. Yeah, it's totally true, though, because if you know that what works for you is that character, and then you're just trying to channel that constantly in your real life, yeah. then how do you not let your real life and your comedy intersect? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, Larry that, the Cable Guy, yeah. when he's on talk shows and he's being interviewed, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't talk like that in real life. That's not who. Oh yeah, well, I, I mean, heard his, his voice fir- the other day and it blew yeah. my mind. It's so weird, but yeah. he keeps that up. Act, he was dressed like me, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, terribly. Shirt, like and <laughs> terrible taste. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but now it's like you wouldn't know that. Like my mother no. watched the blue collar comedy for the listeners tour. at home. He's wearing pajamas. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> yeah. feet, fuzzy feet, with Inside fuzzy feet, yeah. inside out, Tra- um, yeah. trap door open. Love the I trap love door. The duck is open. Yep. <laughs> Please close it. <laughs> but yeah, like if if you were to show my mom his original stuff, she'd be like, "Who's this?" Because it's like he totally, found, he found yeah. an act that worked, and he just lost himself and totally distanced himself. He's yeah. never on anything. Where he says what his real name is, and I don't know what his real name is off the top of my head. He, I just know him no, as Larry the Cable Guy, no clue. and he yeah. was an okay comedian. I've seen some yeah. of his yeah. old yeah. stuff, but yeah, you find your niche, you find your character, and you're right. Like the way to keep promoting that is to stick to it. Well, so, it's like Tim Allen finding the uh, uh, thing, right? Oh yeah, he found that by accident, and and the audience responded, and then he just kept pushing that character. Yeah, pushing, he was a pushing. great... I remember seeing him uh, doing stand-up like HBO specials and he was awesome and then that turned into a homogenized version for you know, for Home Improvement. Yeah. But that's, that's, that was his career maker. I that mean, was. You know, good for him. But, uh, but yeah, Larry the... I mean, with Andrew Dice Clay, it's interesting to think like how much of that is he keeping his brand up and how much of it is he's just turned into a jerk. <laughs> you know, I actually all. think though like Speaking as, in my humble experience as a stand-up comedian for three months. Three months. <laughs> three months. <laughs> three months deep, everybody. Three month, uh, um, so chip. what I do is I channel, like, 
entitled ditzy millennial, which is what I am, but I play it the fuck up. Um, and then if I'm trying to like garner material, like when I'm like not like riffing with my friends, but hanging out with my friends, sometimes I'll just go into that and then say something that is so that character hmm. in order to come up with material. So then I end up acting like that more in my real life. That's do you ever do you find it hard now to differentiate your stand-up persona from who you think you really are? Or well, it's not really that different. It's kind of just yeah. like a played-up version. Okay. I mean, I wish I had a character I could just go. No, that's just my stand-up stuff. I didn't yeah. mean that. I'm maybe, not really maybe that'll be a yeah. good defense. No, no. Time. I know all kinds of stuff about NAFTA, but I gotta go. <laughs> that was my character talking. <laughs> that was the character. Lock her up. You know, I actually I wanted to go back to what you were saying about how. Um, well, Amy Schumer right, says something racist or another comedian. I think that, yeah, that a lot of comedians are playing a character. And I'm not about to say that I think a lot of comedians are racist, but I think a lot of comedians are actually, their, uh, their actual feelings about matters leak into their comedy. That's true, and too. Not, they're not just playing a character. And sometimes you've got to go, wait a second, do I like what this person's saying? Mm-hmm. It, because it's an actual person delivering these lines, and this is their opinion. I mean, stand-up is, is opinion, right? Yeah. Uh, to, uh, delivered in joke format. So I think we make a lot of apologies for people because they're standing on a stage behind a mic, but sometimes you can't forgive people for things. And I think Andrew Dice Clay, who you should listen to because it's very interesting, I think he was offensive. Uh, yeah. He offended so many people. And yes, he was playing a character, but he was saying some really offensive it's stuff. It's true. Because your unconscious stuff. thoughts like leak into what you have to say. And, like, yeah. even, if, even if you're like, it's just a joke, it's like, well, that's still, that thought lingered around your brain somewhere. Yeah. At the same time, though... I have found that I, I have some horrible jokes that it's just like, I just, this isn't true, and like, I don't believe this, but it works, so I'm going to say it. Right, okay. You know? Enough, yeah. I think you yeah. can get away with saying a lot of bad things if they're funny. Exactly. And I think if we look back on Andrew Dice Clay now, if we listen, I don't know if he ever did an album, but if we listen to one of his albums, maybe we should, uh, I don't think we'd think it was good. I think yeah. we would think, oh, yeah. That's quaint. 30 years ago, yeah. people would have been offended by that. And so would have went, I can't believe he's saying that. Now clap, it's just a rude, clap, now clap, it's just a rude guy on stage at Madison Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, people yeah. used to like to be titillated in that way, yeah. to say the things no one would say. Yeah. Now, I mean, 30 there's years from now, nothing. who knows what people will be yeah. saying. But now it feels like there's, you know, people can say whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, like People you, can wear it, bras in public, and it's just... Or, like... No bras, actually, is the new thing, I think, That right? makes more sense. I think people uh, are wearing yes. bras. <laughs> people wear bras no, no, I mean, like, just a bra. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, you know okay. I mean? like, Sue Ellen as, as a shirt. And then <laughs> some people too, don't wear a bra, and then they wear, like, a wet white T-shirt, like, in Trinity Bellwoods Park, and I'm like, what's up, girl? What time is this now? When, when, I'm when, curious when? about the, uh, the irrigation system that constantly keeps the shirt wet for that look. Okay, we talked about this. We're not nice, using words like irrigation. Nice <laughs> language, though. Apologize. Irrigation system. <laughs> Something just bled into your brain from that. Uh, well, there's yeah. no other way to say it. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We let people go to the washroom and uh, fill up their beers. And then uh, we're going to take some questions from the audience if we have some. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more specifically about, uh, about these four sketches. We'll be back in a flash. <laughs> Okay, we're up. We're up and running. Okay. Bad man. 
Jim. We're back. We're, uh, we're, back. we're hydrated. <laughs> we're back, baby. I'm a bad man. I've been, t- I've been told I'm a bad man. I did bad things in the break, apparently. Uh, so we got a couple of uh, comments and questions uh, from the audience uh, during the break. Um, Corey mentioned the baby talk at the end of the... The mother and son sketch. I love yeah. that. And uh, we Sorry, talked yeah. about how it might be, a, I think, Jules, you said it would be a perfect blow line to just say, oh, honey, if only I could believe that that you're unhappy, I'd be the happiest mother in the world. And then, bang, and then that would be a great out, end. Right? But then, so why do we do the baby talk? Are they just trying to hammer home the idea that He's regressing. That she's reduced to make him happy. Yeah, Yeah. she's manipulating him, infantilizing him. Yeah, and then by the end of the conversation, by the end of that baby talk, she seems really happy. That's true. And she's got her baby back. And she had said earlier on, "When you're an 80 year old man, you'll still be my baby," type of thing. So is that were they just trying to illustrate that that mommy always wins, and she can eventually manipulate someone to that point? I did take one um, writing class at Second City, and they were telling us like. It's kind of, um, there's like a battle when you're like, there, it's like either, it doesn't matter how many characters, there's maximum six, right? But mm-hmm. there's always like, it's like two against four or three against three, but like one side kind of wins usually. And you feel the mother won? I and guess, so the mother won, right? so it's yeah. just like she wouldn't have won if she had just said that line. She, like, she might have won, but there would have been mm. no recognition on his end that he has accepted that she won. That's, so, that's really interesting. Yeah, not, so yeah. not just ending yeah. on the joke, but we they went one step further and ended on a change of status. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is kind you, of... He, a, you heard it here first. I said there something. You go. <laughs> there you go. I contributed something valuable. Oh, that was great. Uh, you know, we were talking about how this was the roots of everything and how the language was... This, is, this album is the roots of everything. This album yeah. is the roots of yeah. everything. Yeah, I don't think electricity uh, was around until this album... This is the, uh, this, this is the roots actually, of the there roots. There was a hamster. The roots of the roots. This is the first thing they did. Yeah. This album and Broadway decided to was be powered by a hamster in a yeah. cage. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as they got like audio, they were All like, right. "I know what we got to do." Okay, I'm sorry, I couldn't. That's I okay. No, of course you couldn't resist, but that's fine. Uh, no, uh, basically, if you take that that whole thing about the the mother breaking down the, the son, it takes it from comedy to what was really interesting about this album was that it's so much about social commentary as well, and, mm-hmm. and touches on some deep, deep subjects. True. And that's almost like taking it from comedy to, well, drama. We were talking about that earlier, that comedy and drama are so you know uh, interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe why they went there as well, that they just wanted to take it to a dramatic point. And well, they're emotional arcs in almost deep, all of these sketches, right? And that's a deep thing to talk about. About breaking your son down and as a baby again, right? That's yeah, I guess so. Infantilizing, like Matthew said. It's, uh, yeah, so, kind of psychotic. Yeah. Well, what year did Psycho come out? <laughs> oh, did oh, Alfred uh, Hitchcock rip off an possibly. evening with May? Oh, no, that Nichols? was on my. <laughs> Wait, did everyone rip off? Yeah, everybody did. I, I think, think it was the same in 1961. Yeah. Didn't anyone yeah. use the word Is evening that? in anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just said night, afternoon, and night. Yeah. <laughs> They created the word evening. They did. Uh, okay, we have a, another uh, a question uh, from an audience member. Andrea, uh, what do you think about the pacing in the album? How would you react to a seven-minute sketch in a sketch review now? I mean, like, personally, I thought it worked because just it was... They really have two types of structures. Like, the first two sketches follow the straight-up rule of three. You have three character like changes three switch ups mm-hmm. and it's like and three beats kind three of beats yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then the sec- the second two sketches are just a constant escalation so yeah. i'll so, tell you that dj one does nothing for me 
the the Which third the sketch. One again? It's, it's it's the radio yeah. sketch, yeah. and I do find it fascinating that in 1960, people were already imitating radio hosts yeah. and satirizing. Like I didn't, I thought that was a fairly new thing yeah. that we were making pe- fun of people and satirizing celebrity too, right? I right, mean, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that I think those jokes would land a lot better at the time because they're making a lot of references to people and the joke is that yeah. they're much older yeah. but for this far removed it's like oh okay all these people are from that era but I mean she made a joke about she didn't date she's like was it Al Schweitzer oh Albert Schweitzer and, and, and Albert Schweitzer yeah, yeah, would have yeah. been 85 at yeah. the time yeah. so that's yeah. that's the joke yeah. then but now we're like, like uh, I'm not Schweitzer, sure yeah. how old Albert Schweitzer was in 1960, yeah. so I'm not yeah. quite getting I, I think it. if so, a writer were to present this as a packet and say, hey, let's put this up on the show, I think that people would take a red pen to it, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Because oh, it, yeah. does, it does drag on like, a lot. The structure like, of sound yeah. is just it's yeah. too slow. It is. Well, yeah. and, it, and I wonder if that DJ one, if it was all new references and we understood everything that was trying to be made fun of, yeah. would we appreciate it more? But I still think it's long. I mean, anytime anybody gives me... You know, if someone gives me a three-page sketch, I usually tell them it's four pages too long. I'm I love cutting things down. I agree. They, same. You know, say it, start a story as far into it as you can, and you know, don't repeat jokes, uh, don't repeat the premise, and make sure you have an ending. That's that's one thing oh, I yeah. loved about the telephone sketch. All is of them are good endings. They, I think. Yeah. Um, what was the? Well, that's that I, was, he, he, uh, I feel like I mean, well, adultery was sort of like three scenes, and they all ended about something about George around the same all time. Around, yeah. Like, yeah, all around like, like the room already. I feel exactly, like oh, the room yeah. already. The we disc jockey. Yet, I feel yeah. like it didn't really have an end. No, it just went on and on and on uh, until. Why don't I remember that one? Like, it was so insignificant to me that I don't even remember it at draw, all. That's nine minute sketch. I mean, to was me, that nine minutes? Nine. That's a long. That's a long sketch. It's almost like it. This is probably the right time to mention I have severe ADHD. <laughs> if you didn't now you would oh. before you would now yeah. listen no. to that sketch yeah that I, that sketch really doesn't do anything for me it, it's I, they, I mean, they it's say it's a nine dropping sketch and it's yeah. all about that the, the one laugh I get out of it is when she says Al- yeah I know Albert yeah, like, yeah. like you know, she doesn't she's know what she's saying. To and say that's that she great. knows who yeah, the guy yeah, is, yeah, and that, that's yeah, kind yeah. of funny. But most of it is just shoehorning in these celebrity names, and uh, it's not that funny. I think the telephone one is the strongest. Um, this woman is just messing with him for like no good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, she's sticking to her guns, right? Yeah, it's like it's bureaucracy at its finest, See, the, the, right? The yeah. two that I find stand up the best. Just conceptually, uh, for me, the telephone and the mother. Mm-hmm. Those are the two because that telephone could be a call center call to freaking Dell. You know, it, it's it's sure, sub, yeah, it's, right. it's Bell. At the it's time, one of the very it's, first it's, examples know, of yeah. bad customer yeah. service. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Customer yeah. There was even a point in there where, where, he, where he says, I want to talk to a human, and yeah. she says, you want to talk to a human? And how many times do people say that now? Oh, like, my. That's yeah, I, you said, I want to talk to and you say it into the recording, speak clearly. Yeah. You say, human, please. And, and I love that line. <laughs> she says, we, <laughs> customer service can't argue with, 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 with a closed with mind. Closed Information. Yeah, yeah, that's so line, great. Yeah. That's such a great line. Is, we don't work with our elbows. Yeah. And it's like, so the first sketch and the last sketch were both like, just like the passive aggressive, aggressive aggressive mom is like, again, a universal concept. We've all had, like, we, and now it's become so universal, it's become a trope and hack when people hit it. 
but it's it's accessible. Well, I think it still, the, uh, it still works. I yeah. thought the adultery one was pretty strong too, because I think it was a thing that people weren't really talking about. Oh, yeah, nineteen sixty. Yeah, and and I love the idea where at first you're not sure of the relationship of the first couple, the the American couple. Like maybe that's the couple, and one of them has cheated, but you find out they're the adulterers. And they yeah. feel so yeah. bad. And I thought that was really, that interesting. Was really interesting. And then the idea of the English people just being so, so reserved about it all. Oh, and then the French people just saying, "Where's George yeah, yeah, for our threesome?" Yeah. Like this is 1960, yeah. 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 and they're yeah. they're full on swinging. Yeah. This is way before the summer of love. Like this is oh. that's it's pretty yeah. uh, pretty avant garde stuff. Absolutely. I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have Absolutely. a question. Yeah. Um, the first one, the information uh, customer service one. She said, K is a knife, and you guys lost your fucking mind. What so, was that? So I listened to this uh, album this afternoon for the first yeah. time, and I didn't get that joke. Tonight I got it, because normally when someone repeats something like that to you, they would yeah. say, K is in kapow. Like, it would be the same sound. Oh, so okay. it's weird that she made it an N oh, sound. Oh, okay. I got know? it. Yeah. And then she did it again with the P as in pneumonia. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then so the yeah. second – so, and I didn't laugh at that the first time either. Yeah. So this time, yeah, those two things clicked for me. Um, maybe it helps on a second listen. But Probably, It's yeah. such a weird – it's not a helpful thing to do. No. It just, it just messes with your mind. Which is what she was doing the whole time, right? She yeah. Was, yeah. Always funny. messing yeah, with Yeah, that it. character, yeah. yeah. I like it. That's like very intricate. Well, that's yeah. the thing, right? It is so intricate. It's, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that um, as much as we we gushed over the language and the performances, mm-hmm. they would be pared down a lot if you were to put this yeah. on stage. You would you would not let that disc jockey thing on for nine minutes. No, you probably wouldn't uh, uh, let the uh, the mother thing uh, no. go on as long as it went. It, they went a long time, and they In, repeated. Yeah. Unless it's a very, I mean, to me. If, unless there's something with like four characters and you've got an A, B, C story, you've got a lot of things going on, beginning, middle, end, and the climax, and nothing needs to be longer than four mm-hmm. minutes. Well, entertainment is just getting so much more um, like, concise. like concise. Yeah, yeah. 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 And just in general, like Vine, you know, like think about where our entertainment is going to. Like everything is so fucking fast paced. Yeah. Because no one has and how long? Uh, I think that's defunct now. Yeah, the it is. Vine videos, yeah. but how long were yeah. they? Ten seconds. Seven. Fifteen seconds. No, seven. Yeah. Seven, seconds. Seven, seven seconds. Seven seconds. Instagram is hey, th- thirty seconds. It feels like years. I can't watch a full one. I've seen vines that are freaking solid comedy. Oh, oh they're amazing. Yeah. 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 There's a guy on that uh, Nicholas Magalis. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, right. he was amazing. Yeah, he. Uh, it's a. Uh, it blows my mind that. I'm pretty sure he's my soulmate. I don't know if he's done anything since then, but he was one of the highest. Uh, viewed Will Sasso stuff was yeah. fantastic. But he was also a comedian before, well, right? Yeah, but but just, still, his vines. Yeah. In fact, he took that that medium. That medium. Chris D'Elia kind of that kind of like projected him forward too a little bit. His vines like that that garnered him like a younger audience because now he has a, oh, like yeah. a younger listenership that's not like he's one of the few comedians that like has an audience that's like not interested in comedy otherwise. What's his it's name? Very interesting. Chris D'Elia. Crystalia. I don't think I even He's know who that is. Pretty trash. See, now He's she's throwing it back at tra- us. We're like, oh, yeah. you don't know? She's like, Crystalia. We're the dinosaurs. Okay, old guys. He, yeah. <laughs> so in, in, a, in a way, this is sort of the tick to like Vine's talk. Like, this is this is from a oh, period yeah. where people would write a long form letter in cursive and send it for 
thank you for your thank you note to my thank you note. So uh, <laughs> this is yeah. it, it's it's there's it, a sketch about that. I can't. Yeah. If someone did that, I would. We call did one police. of those about it's pizza ridiculous. delivery <laughs> where it was Elizabethan times, and the the queen had to write. <laughs> to order a pizza, and then weeks later he would show up with his crustiest of breads or craziest of breads. That's awesome. It was a it was an exchange that would take months and months when and months. Keen Peel one where they they thank you for inviting me to the wedding and they send a wedding uh, a thank you gift and they're like, oh no no that's not gonna happen. They send a gift to the gift and it keeps for going. Thank you for the gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Escalating until one of them's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> But that that is so that's so it's almost like if you think about I've done some uh, life drawing and stuff right and you do uh, you do thirty second life drawing and then you do one minute life drawing or you can do it the opposite way mm-hmm. and it's about breaking it down to its its simplest most concise form and yeah. that's what the seven second so thing true. we did it's like what do you mean by that a one minute life drawing how does that work just like the basic you have one forms minute and, and you've got to draw the life model oh you have one minute to draw them, them. Yeah. oh yeah. wow. Sometimes you've got 30 seconds to do it. You've got 30 seconds to really? so get it. Yep. And it's so it's. It must be pretty like abstract that. often. The bare bones. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, obviously you couldn't get too much. <laughs> the Mona Lisa's not coming out in 30 no, seconds. No, no, no. <laughs> Fair enough. I want to come now, out with a saying Chapel, that I don't that think was the a 30 Mona Lisa second job is that, that I read. Art. <laughs> what was that, Olivia? The Mona Lisa is trash. <laughs> I want everyone to know what which is, is what the name Mona Lisa yeah, is trash. I'm sorry. It, it, well, it, you know, that's it her was second podcast. Do better, Olivia. It's my challenge to you. Do oh, be- I better. already have. <laughs> I'm pumping out better art of three months of stand up comedy than fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Da Vinci. No, he didn't. Uh... Who cares? <laughs> there might be a case against DiCaprio. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> sorry, have you. <laughs> I haven't seen all of your stand up. There might be a case against DiCaprio. No, but Leonardo DiCaprio you're is not so being da Vinci. talented. Leonardo da Vinci, fucking honestly, I gotta say, just like stick to math. Okay, right? so what's your birthday? No, what's your birthday? No, I'm get, no, no, I want to know the month. When's your birthday? April 20th. Next April, I'm getting you a book on Leonardo da Vinci that is gonna blow your mind. I'll, I'll when set he it invented. on fire, take a video, and send it to you. You're what's wrong with America. <laughs> I just like being a contrarian. That's why I'm here. All right. We've got another uh, question from the okay. audience. Lara uh, <laughs> says, we often forget that women thriving in comedy is not a new phenomenon. Were you surprised audiences were accepting May as the funny or silly characters in sketch? I was wondering about that, too. And I was, I was wondering if you guys had any background information on that. Like what did people were people like into it or was anyone like kind of thrashing back? Well, at, like, people were definitely laughing. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, no, the people who wanted to be there were listening. But like, oh, you mean with people right. into uh, people female comedians? A woman exactly, being a funny. Yeah. It seems like to me they were pre- on pretty equal footing. Well, as far I think it changed. This was the period where it started to flip over. Yeah. You had Phyllis Diller starting to come Absolutely, out at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers oh. with Woody oh. Allen and, yep. and Bill Cosby. And they were in Grace the Woody Woody Allen. Greenwich Village at that time. <laughs> well, no, just at, at that time during the count. Why did you bring up two rapists? Joan Rivers just kept very questionable company. That's the title to a third podcast. Why do you remember two rapists? Yeah. Our favorite rapists. <laughs> 1960 favorite New York is not a very nice place. But no, uh, so seriously, stay on that. So yeah, yeah uh, there was a lot of the female comedians uh, out of that time. And then I think at some point it became 
uh, like Jane Curtin got relegated yeah. to doing some very minor stuff, and Lorraine Newman on SNL. And I think maybe well, when I the mean, 70s Curtin was uh, one of the news anchors. I mean, she really held her own against oh, but Zachary. She, there. Oh, I mean, she did, but it she took, had to fight for that. She had to fight hard. Right, but for SNL that. is more and like Belushi no. thought women weren't funny. Period. Right, that and that's his. that's the mid seventies. That's, that's yeah. fifteen years. Right, later. so it's almost like they took a step backwards. I think also forwards. So, uh, SNL is more like commercial, and it's like all of America is watching it, whereas something like this is more niche, like only people who are like maybe really interested in comedy are... But all of America I would say wasn't the, watching No, in the Live 70s, that was out. Saturday Night Live, I would say, yeah. Yeah, it was like much SNL more... was all over the place, wasn't it? No? Well, uh, it was a new thing, but it was kind of the anti-in crowd. Oh, yeah, oh. they went they went on, on air still working in the format. There was a, oh, yeah. there was a Muppet like the, piece the, that was... Which, which, yeah, Jim Henson's a 12-minute Muppet piece yeah. of these yeah. weird aliens you had. Was Car- was Carlin, Carlin doing just a straight-up yeah, stand-up? Ten minutes oh, stand-up yeah. set. Yeah, like the stand-up. And, yeah. um, it was a messy show. Albert Brooks had a, had a short film that was like 10 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. yeah, they were completely uh, messing with the Everything format. Everything was 10 no minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the rule. Yeah. If you the go sketch, back and look how do you make this sketch longer? But in, 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 a, in a way, it's, it's, it still feels and, like that today. today actually, yeah. still in that, in yeah. a way, it's kind of interesting, though, going back to women in comedy and how it relates to this period, because right at this, when this was coming out, you had these strong female voices emerging from the comedy world. Yeah. But as the sexual revolution starts to kick in towards the early 70s, that's when they got relegated to second string mm. voices. Yeah, like, which is you, crazy. But, like, in, but you look at Second City, like that is some of the funniest people. Like I, First year of SNL, some of the funniest people on that show were the females on that sure. cast. Like, oh, and SCTV, some of the funniest uh, performers of the few. Uh, second City? Uh, second, so, yeah, Second City uh, made a television show in the 70s, mid-70s, I guess, called uh, SCTV, which was Second City mm-hmm. Television. Yeah. And it was uh, John Candy, Andrea Martin, and uh, Catherine Winnipeg O'Hara. Winnipeg in Toronto. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, it had a real. Can- it was based mainly on the Canadian. It's based the Canadian. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's they brought all some the Canadian, Chicago people. Yeah, a it was all Chicago. the Godspell people, right? They yeah, yeah. All, yeah, yeah, they all lived in a house together, yeah. and it was. Weird That's what I want to do. I want to live in a comedy trap house, <laughs> <laughs> and then just like host open mics in our living room in our like frat house, in like the bottom floor. You, I, you I, could do that. I'd watch I it. Do it. Yeah. Olivia, you yeah. make it happen. I'll watch it. I, I will. Does, do you guys want to sign a lease together? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so I don't want to be in it. This is going. No, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you guys pay my rent? That's where that. That's. If you're looking for sign, you want. I want to live in a comedy Audience, car. Wait, let me uh, give it. This uh, is a long con, Olivia. The whole reason she came on this podcast yes, is because so she, does, she doesn't want to pay rent. Machiavellian. I needed a platform. If you're listening and you're out there. And you want to sign a lease with me? I'm looking for roommates. We're cutting all also, of this. Also, if you want, if you want to pay my rent, my address this, this is, is not going on. Whoa, whoa, this no, no, not please, going on. just for your safety, please don't give out your address on the podcast. Okay. Well, you but can make... find me on Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Slash. My stop. information is all out there. I, I'm very worried. I wasn't before, but now I am. As, uh, as the minutes go by, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys. Uh, Matt, give me your final thoughts on oh. an evening with Elaine May and Mike Nichols. I, I think it's just a really formative piece of comedy. Like it, it's it's it is to sketch sort of what um, you know some of those Greenwich comedians of the era, you know, like Lenny Bruce, was to straight stand up. You know, it's 
it's the reference point that that next generation built up from, that the generation after that drew from. So. Do you believe a lot of people saw this as a reference point, or we can see that now looking I, back I think, and having like, access? If you, I think like, people from our generation probably wouldn't recognize that, but you go back... You know, it's it's you know, like you listen to Lenny Bruce today. He he's kind of sucks, but you know, hot take there. But, um, <laughs> but a comedian who heard him for the first time on the stage, it's like that changed the way he Blown did comedy. Yeah. You know, it's like watching the Sex Pistols and getting Joy Division. You know, so I think for sketch and long form comedy, for a lot of people, especially since Second City sprung out of these two to a, to a large extent it really shaped a lot of what was to come in, in comedy. Right on. Olivia, your thoughts? Oh, you guys, I have nothing smart to say. I can't well, follow did, that. Are you kidding me? What did you think? Why do you ask me first? What did you think of the album <laughs> itself? Just the, uh, what did you, what, what, do you feel like, do you feel like it's an, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you gotta, feel it's you an important to... album? Do you oh, feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. Do you feel like, uh, do you feel like stuff came out of this? Oh, yeah, I can appreciate that fact that it, like, so much of what we use today is rooted in what they created back then, which is mm. incredible. Like the, from the format to like, <clears throat> oh, I thought you were trying to tell me something. Uh, no, I would oh. just tell you something. <laughs> you were going to give me, give me notes, like, say this. <laughs> um, Don't listen to Jules. He's got terrible Oh, advice. yeah. No, I'm drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? How no. are you still so much smarter than me? <laughs> I'm not. Don't listen to him. You're you not, he's not smarter than you. He's people. just older. <laughs> more experience doesn't mean more intelligence necessarily. Necessarily. Nice job. Jules, Jules is 78. <laughs> and he all of his hair. It's amazing. Dog I do. ears. I do. It's all on his hair. Fair. Anyway, yeah. so, anyway, so Matt. This is no, I, I want to know, though. I want to, I want to, I feel like I want to try to get to a, a thing where, how do you feel like comedy has changed? I mean, you're, you're just starting out. It's 2017. It's many years after 1960. This is obviously way different than anything that you do. So how do you feel... How do you, like, even if you haven't thought about it a lot before, how do you feel comedy is different now than it was from what you heard tonight? What's the, what's the big difference? Well, I guess one of the big things that I kept coming back to was, like, the shortness, like, the concise, the, the is there a concisity? What the fuck would the word for that be? Concision. There we Whoa. are. Thank you, Andrea. Oh, that's... The concision. Uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think things are so much <laughs> Because attention now? spans are fucked up right now. Why do you think that is? Because um, the internet... Facebook, social media, my ADHD. We just have like uh, such a instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Just, as soon as you get bored, you can scroll to the next thing. So people want to catch your attention right away mm-hmm. before you have the chance to scroll, which is why vines happen in seven seconds. So do you think people in 1960, they were just so excited to have someone who was smart and funny? That they would like, half an hour listen wasn't to really it like, for that long, yeah, much longer. Right. Yeah, exactly. And now yeah. there's so much content out there mm-hmm. that it's like we can be picky about it. So you want to like jam pack as much information as you can like into one bit or one hour special or one sketch. We can also skip bits now. I mean, when people went to see Broadway to see uh, May and Nichols, they, they were they sat there and watched the whole thing. But now on Spotify, if I start listening to the first five seconds of the telephone sketch, I can skip. To yeah. Whatever. Well, one it was I want. Like, even like You're one of the first conversations we had was about radio. It's like. Think about, like, my dad would tell me, like, yeah, we would just sit around the radio, like, 
all Saturday and just take our turns listening to like an hour of the station. And like you'd sit through all the commercials, you'd sit through the songs you don't even like. Yeah. It's just like now now you can have everything you want right here, right now. And now that so we why can, you... we demand it exactly. too. Exactly. There's, there's a demand. It. Well, we yeah. also don't yeah. appreciate it. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. And like because of that, I feel like there's less value like attributed to the content that does exist. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Yeah, well, so, yeah. I, yeah. You, I, you well, want to take the reins here? Go ahead. Well, no, I mean... Your final thoughts on... Uh, well, well, Matt made me. some really good points, for sure, yeah. about the specifics. You made some good points, too, but when we were talking about the wrap-up of this album, Matt made uh-huh. some really good points about that specifically. Um, I think an album like this, at that time, gave people permission to start laughing at that kind of stuff, to start looking mm. at adultery as maybe funny and not having it, what didn't have this, oh, let's stand back from this material, we shouldn't even touch this. And maybe that gave a uh, license to someone like a Norman Lear to start bringing some of mm. that comedy to network television because people were uh, open to that idea. And it's fascinating to think about this butterfly effect that we'll never really know yeah. how, how, how it had affected. Like if it wasn't for May and Nichols... Would it have affected Norman Lear? Would we be Lear? here? Yeah. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Would we be listening to something else? Hopefully. But yeah. carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's just very interesting to. It's really important to take this and put it in the context with which it was listened to at the time, because obviously, as we said, it's it's not as funny as we want it to be. Uh, it's longer than it needs to be, but it's important because it was making some really strong, bold choices for an audience at that time, which is what I found interesting. And what, have you heard, have you listened to all the four albums, or all three albums? Uh, there's a, actually, I'm glad you asked, there, there's a bit, um, they did this album that was basically all He refuses all to say yes or sketches. no, he just can't do it. Well, yes. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a bit where it's all these doctor sketches. Yes, but let me answer this in a much longer way. <laughs> uh, yes. No, no, go on, go on. I, I know there's another album called uh, uh, yeah, May and Nichols Go to the Doctor, doctor or yeah. Investigate Doctors. And there's a great sketch where uh, the, the surgeon is in love with the nurse and he's basically holding the operation hostage until she says that you know, she loves him. And it's uh, manipulation all the way through. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a bit, yeah, but it's really funny. So they just did a lot of really interesting stuff. So why not that album? Why this one? Uh, well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I thought when I was picking this one, that was on it because I don't, you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard the Sunday funnies and I've heard these bits pulled out of context. Right. So I thought this was a longer album. I didn't realize it was such a short show. So I thought that was part of the album. So I thought when I was picking Mike Nichols, I didn't realize they had at that time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we albums. listened to the wrong album. No, we didn't. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I meant to pick Muppets. Uh, Muppets. <laughs> If you made it this far, so this we're, wasn't we the are Muppets. so sorry. <laughs> this wasn't the Muppets is what you're saying. So we listened to this album by accident. And no, that's, not, uh, well, not really. I mean, not it's really. Still, no, because the, the, the dime stuff is great, and that's it's on that. It's so great. Yeah. So uh, it, it's very much the same type of comedy. It's the social satire and things like that. And um, I just think it's just a really interesting place to start uh, a comedy mm-hmm. book club. As we call it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a bookless comedy. A bookless album, comedy book album. Uh, yeah, I love I love this album. Um, I listened to it for the first time today, and Telephone is by far my favorite, uh, followed by Mother and Son, uh, and then Adultery. Disc Jockey really didn't do a lot for me, but as I said, I thought it was kind of interesting that back in 1960, people were already making fun of of DJs. 
uh, and and radio announcers. I think that's pretty neat that the medium is that old. That the the satirization of the medium is that old. Um, I'd love to see. I'd love to hear somebody do a a, a modern director's cut of this album and pare <laughs> it down to like fifteen minutes, you know, and see see what uh, what would connect with with modern audiences. It, it's really interesting the, the the idea of pacing. I mean, movies, um, comedy, uh, books, everything has changed in pacing since this time. And uh, yeah, that like Olivia, you were saying, people's attention spans have shortened and uh, we we have instant gratification now and I, I find it really interesting the idea that things are just getting shorter and shorter and more succinct and we're just trying to get to the point as fast as possible and it's not always it's not always better I agree. shorter um, just because someone doesn't have the patience to listen to the end of your joke uh doesn't mean it's not good. I totally agree. So it's a tricky I think thing. It's a, I think it's about like a catering to a mass audience. Well, and that's yeah. the whole the whole thing about comedy. So right. So it's it's the the trade off between being true to your art Versus, and being successful. Yeah. And yeah, what's what's the right answer? I mean, I like there are there are probably a lot of brilliant poor comedians out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you had mentioned earlier that there's so much content out there. It's almost it's almost overwhelming. We can't absorb it all. We can't watch it all. It's it's getting to a point where we can't relate to even our friends and coworkers and family as much because we can be watching 10 shows and somebody else is watching a completely different yeah. 10 shows. But um, it's kind of great in a way that your favorite thing is out there somewhere. People can find exactly what they're looking for because mm -hmm. your niche exists and you can just fucking Google specific keywords and it'll come up. My thanks to Jules Osen, who you can see in the Port Hope Capitol Theater production of August Osage County, October 13th to 21st. You can find tickets at capitaltheater.com. Thanks to Olivia Stadler, who also hosts a podcast called Sorry in Advance and can be seen at comedy clubs across Toronto on Twitter at Liv Stadler, L-I-V-S-T-A-D-L-E-R, and on Instagram at Ostads, O-S-T-A-D-Z. Thanks also to Matt Ardill, who can be found on Twitter at Common Person and on his video game blog, theafteractionreport.com. Comedy Album Book Club is recorded live on the first Thursday of every month at the Social Capital Theatre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We return October 5th when my featured guest is comedian Craig Fay, who chose the album The Button-Down Mind of Bob Newhart. Join us, won't you? We listen to the album at 9.30pm, and then we record the panel discussion for the podcast. Tickets are pay what you can, with some proceeds going to Covenant House, Canada's largest agency for at-risk, homeless, and trafficked youth. For more details, please visit us at ComedyAlbumBookClub.com. I'm Jason DeLine. Thanks for listening.